Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Sons Podcast. I am your co-host, followed by my wonderful host here, Joey. Good morning. And uh, today we are very excited to dive into one of our favorite discussions and topics that we have when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, sir. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, sir. And uh, today we will be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which recently just came out, I believe, last week. And uh, me and my brother have both finally saw it. So uh, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot of opinions. And uh, today's episode is basically just going to focus around this. Um, So pretty excited to talk about it. Uh, Before we, you know, dive into the further conversation... Uh, there is going to be some slight changes when it comes to YouTube. So instead of putting out like more than one part, because I mean, let's be honest, I mean, everybody usually watches the first part and then nobody really watches the other parts. Um, what I'm going to do moving forward is that I'm going to release the first part of our conversation in video form. And basically, if anybody wants to hear the rest of the conversation, uh, you could just check us out via podcast on whatever podcast platforms that you use to listen to us. So you'll get a little bit of a teaser of the beginning of the conversation. And then if you want to hear the rest of the conversation, uh, just, you know, listen to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, that's how we'll do it moving forward. Cause I think it's just easier just to have one like nice, like 35, 40 minute video um, on the discussion. And then instead of just putting out like, you know, three parts, like it's just easier to do the one part and then we'll just move the conversation to the audio version. But obviously, for example, if you listen to us on Spotify in podcast form, the whole podcast will be available, but just on YouTube, the first part of the conversation will be available. And then if you want to hear the rest of it, obviously just go to, you know, any of the podcasting platforms that you listen to on us too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's pretty much the only announcement. Uh, thank you guys for all the love and support on there so far. Our, our subscriber count and our viewership has grown exponentially. So uh, I think it's safe to say, I think we're at like 24 subscribers and the mm-hmm. most recent cool. video that I put out basically just giving you a, deep dive into where i work and you know what goes on at the store that got like 33 34 views so uh you know that's been pretty popular so uh you know once again thank you guys for all the support on there and especially on the podcast as well so uh you know moving forward uh joey it's uh you know early monday morning you know we're getting a, a you know rise and shine this is what, how we're starting off the week so uh you know how are we doing so far uh but we're, we're doing okay um you know right, this weekend <laughs> this weekend was a little a uh, little much um if you uh, uh, you guys don't know fast x came out this weekend so um anticipated that it was going to be pretty busy at work but it was very busy at work um probably the busiest since black panther in my opinion um definitely you know along those lines of um just larger crowds and stuff it was um definitely a little more than guardians again i think guardians is far better but um you know that's that's always the same thing. I'd love to do a video of um you know what 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 it's like at my work, but I don't think we will all have the leisure to do that because it's just it's always so busy. Um and especially with the summer coming up now, even during the week, it's probably still going to be busy. Um but otherwise, if you guys don't know, I graduate this Wednesday coming up, so uh, that's exciting. Um and then after that, you know. We'll see what's going on. That uh, we have a little vacation that we're gonna do a couple of days afterwards, so that's nice. Um, and then you know we'll go from there. Same old, same old stuff. You know, kind of trying to get rid of some things and um, you know, rearrange and 
heck around. So uh, we'll see what happens. But for now, you know, very excited to talk about Guardians because I actually did just run a showing of this myself um, when it came out because I didn't get to see it the opening weekend. So I just waited until that Monday and I ran a showing myself and it was it was it was great. Uh, but we'll get more into that later on. Um, but otherwise, you know, doing all right. Um, sorry about not putting this out last week. Um, a couple of things came up and it just got too busy and a little too much. Last week was my finals week. So I'm finally done with that, which is great. Um, and now, you know, hopefully we can move on to bigger and better things. Um, most likely our episode structure and when it comes out will change. I think we're going to try to shoot for Tuesdays right now, recording wise. Um, and hopefully have episodes come out Wednesdays. If not, it might be scattered, but just always keep a lookout on the socials for that stuff. Uh, because I think regardless, people just come back and watch them whenever they're out. But thank you guys for being patient as always. And we appreciate all the love and support and especially on YouTube since that is growing. Um, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. How you doing, Philip? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's always nice to, uh, start off the week uh, by not working you know usually i'm actually working mondays but uh you know at least for this week i uh, i had off so you know got a little bit of school work done you know gonna you know record my favorite podcast with my favorite brother i mean you're my only brother but you know it's okay yeah. um and uh, otherwise doing pretty good uh the summer semester just started for me so uh you know that's off to a a good start and uh you know work's been good you know been getting some good hours recently just got you know two raises actually i went from like 11 50 and then now like at the end of next week, I'll be making like twelve dollars an hour. So uh, that does not sound like a lot, but I, it, I it get does it. Not, you but live. you know, again, like you know, <laughs> depending on the state, you know, cost of living, blah blah, all that. I'm surprised uh, you got raises. Minimum wage went up, or no? I mean, just based on our performance, our owner just gives us raises depending on how well we're doing, and she's just been very pleased with my performance. So uh, you know, I've been getting some some extra moolah here and there, you know. And then, uh, cool. like my brother said, you know, the beginning of June we have our vacation, so that's going to be a great way to start off uh june and then pretty much after that is like our birthdays and then like <laughs> you know i mean yeah pretty much be over in a flash so uh it's gonna be a busy month we got some uh a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to but uh you know overall doing pretty good so i'm excited to get into this conversation here yeah so uh i thought to start out the conversation you know like any movie review we should just kind of go with like you know the basics like the fundamentals um pretty much like you know how guardians has been doing and everything so to start off, um, I thought we'd just talk about the reviews. So, uh, you know, thanks to good old Rotten Tomatoes with our <laughs> wonderful love-hate relationship that we have with them. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, first of all, it is certified fresh, which is obviously great. Uh, on the tomato meter, it has an 82%, uh, which in my mind, I think is a little low. Um, I could definitely see this being like a upper 80% movie, even like a low 90 um, however, the audience score has a nice, lovely, fresh bucket of popcorn, and uh, we are at 94% when it comes to the audience score. So, I mean, I just want to hear your opinions on those scores and whether or not you think it's pretty accurate or not. Um, I'm not surprised about the audience score at all. Honestly, I've all I've really heard about this was positive things um, from fans. Um, again, I've been hearing the arguments of this being the best in the trilogy. I've been hearing the arguments of this being the best movie since Endgame. As we all know, if you guys ever see any Marvel trailer or anything on TV or something or online, usually there'll be a, there'll be a um, quote from you know a journalist or somebody saying best films you know best Marvel film since Endgame. Um, I truly believe this has actually been the best film Marvel has put out 
since that game. And yes, I'm putting it over Spider um, Spider Man No Way Home, Shang Chi, Black Panther, and we'll get into that later. Um, but um, fans, not surprised at all. Um, we all, I mean, both of you probably know we're big fans of James Gunn. Um, he does it once again, and truly, he put out the best trilogy Marvel has probably seen, um, securing that you know title with this film. Um, critics. I'm a little disappointed in the critics, considering that they, again, 80s isn't low, but 82, I feel like compared to what the other Guardians movies are ranked at, I'm pretty sure the other Guardians movies are ranked a little higher in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Maybe I could see why, but I really feel like there's no parts in the story or anything that would make it the score. I would probably move it up to about 88 to a 92 would be the range I would put it at. Um, just because there's so much in this film, um, and I think the balance is honestly perfect on the way they go through things. Um, so, you know, I'm not completely disappointed in the critic score, but I wish it was a little higher. And audience score, I'm not really surprised at all. Um, I actually think this is the highest audience score. Um, I got to look at Spider-Man No Way Home. That's probably in the 90s as well. But I think this is one of the high- highest um, of Marvel films, audience score-wise since um you know endgame has come out so this is where you really see the fans get back into i guess loving marvel again we see a lot of uh we've done episodes on it we've seen a lot of marvel fans go back and forth on arguing about things when they you know when they come out they're like oh yeah and then you know a couple months later they kind of go down on it or you know they they, they like to flip-flop and um i don't really like that about marvel fans but um, yeah, I mean, again, I think that I, I definitely think the critic score can go up a little more, but I'm not completely disappointed in it. And I, I agree with the audience score. I'm not surprised with that at all. Yeah, no, I mean, overall, the scores are pretty accurate. I mean, like I said, I, I wish the uh, critic score was definitely like in the high 80s, at least low 90s, because I do think it deserves that. Um, however, you know, it is certified fresh and the audience score is obviously well up into the 90s. Um, so it is it's pretty accurate. Um, you know, I agree with uh with all that and uh you know moving on besides the uh scores uh just to go into a little bit of a background you know about the movie um so obviously the runtime is you know uh, 150 minutes so i think quickly breaking that down that's about two and a half hours um so you know but for the for the runtime honestly i felt like two and a half hours actually went by pretty quickly just because at least with this guardians movie it's very fast paced you know it's like it's like one after another and it flows very well so you don't feel like you're getting like stuck with like boring conversation or boring backstory it's just constantly like go 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 and it's like yeah. each like scene gives you like a different emotion so there'll be like one scene where it's like action pack and intense and the next thing you know it's like oh really heartbreaking and you're crying and then you're back to like yeah. like haha funny moment and then like so you're, you're kind of just all over the place but for almost like a two and a half hour movie it does a really good job of pacing itself obviously as we discussed it is uh, directed by james gunn uh obviously based on the marvel comics it's produced by kevin feige um, some of these starring actors include Chris Pat as Star-Lord, uh, Zoe Zaldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax, uh, Karen Gillian. Um, Nebula. Uh, Nebula, yes, thank you. Uh, Palm, Palm Clementif? Clementif. Mantis. Okay, thank you. Uh, Vin Diesel, obviously, as Groot. Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Um, and then we have William Poulter. Was that Adam Warlock? Yeah, that's, yeah. We actually have Sean Gunn. Um, so He's I- Okay. Is he uh, James Gunn's brother? 
Yeah, he's been in like all his movies pretty much. Oh, okay, cool. Um, obviously, we have Sylvester Stallone. We have Nathan Fillion. Um, Linda Cardell Cardellini. She played um Lila, I believe. That's uh Hawkeye's wife, actually. Yes. Like, in the movies, but she also voiced Lila. Um, and then you just have a couple of other actors that voice the other um, you know, Rocket's friends. Right. Um, and then you had other um, like you had um the what what's her name um. Oh my gosh, she was just in Fast and Furious. Um, the girl she played Ratcatcher two in Suicide Squad. Uh, she played like Uda or something. I think was the 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 name in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you you would know. Yes, I know, I know who I know who you're yeah, talking I about. Just, I just can't remember her name off the top of my head. Was she I the think. Was she the the manager at that? Yeah, I just said Uda. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. and then finally we have uh, I'm gonna totally butcher this. I uh, I apologize. Uh, Chuck Woody. Oh uh, yes, um, high evolutionary guy. <laughs> Yeah, yes. yeah. I I, I, I I knew it was the high evolutionary guy, but when I saw the name, I was like, oh god, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it released in the United States on May 5th, 2023. Um, the budget for this movie was 250 million, and currently at the box office, it has made 659.1 million. So I mean, obviously, well above their budget. Um, I we were t- discussing it before. I think it's gonna obviously project into at least one billion. Um, you know, depending on how long they keep it out in theaters, I think it's going to reach close enough to a billion, um, you know, maybe like, you know, high 900 millions, like, you know, somewhere around there. But I definitely think it has the capacity to break a billion. Um, and the, obviously, you know, we have a star-studded cast, um, you know, all of our favorite Guardians and even some some nice new faces coming back. And um, overall, I thought the acting was phenomenal. I thought everybody, you know, played their role to a T. Um, for the last Guardians movie, I think everybody brought their all. Um, even like you know some of the newer characters. I mean, obviously the High Evolutionary, um, probably one of the best villains you know so far to come out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he does a really good job. I mean, it, it must have been probably really hard for him to do certain scenes. Yeah, uh, he does a really good job. Um, you know, acting out those scenes and really making you like hate this guy's guts. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's a good actor when you're like, oh my god, I can't stand this guy. You know? It's, it's kind of interesting because, like, if you look at the other villains in, like, the MCU, such as, like, the ones that people hated, like, um, what was his name in the Winter Soldier? Uh, not Winter Soldier, sorry. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, the fake Captain America guy. John Walker? Was, was that his name? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. Like, everybody hated him, but, like, in some points you can see his motives and you can kind of see it in, like, other villains. But, like, no, the High Evolutionary is just a dick. Like... <laughs> He's plain and simple. Like, he has no motives. Like, it doesn't matter, like, whatever he explains in the film. Um, he's just somebody that I believe is pure evil. And, um, again, we're not going to say his name just because we don't want to butcher him. Um, but he does a phenomenal job at making you despise his character. And I feel like one of the most enjoyable things I like about this film is some of the scenes between him and Star-Lord, especially... Um, kind of towards the end when they're on counter earth and um, star Lord is basically, you know, high evolutionary is giving his whole villain speech on why, you know, he's doing this and star Lord's like, Oh my God, like you're a dick. We get it. Like, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> th- that's how people feel. It's like, we get it. You're, you're an asshole. Like just get it over with. Right. Um, so, but again, like, I, I just feel like there's, 
especially if we look at the character development and I, you know, I said this in our Marvel hot take, um, I mean, our hot take video. Um, if you look at Karen Gillian's character, Nebula, um, her development in this film is crazy from the first time we saw her. You know, she is one of my favorite characters in this film, along with, um, I mean, again, Drax, you see his development so much. And Dave Bautista is probably the best actor, you know, wrestler turned actor, honestly, over John Cena and The Rock. Um, even Mantis's, you know, development, you know, we didn't see her for as many films. But if you really look at everybody, I mean, you could even argue um, Cracklin, I believe is his name, you know, the uh, the character that Sean, um, Sean Gunn plays as. Um, you know, he definitely has that development throughout the film. Mm -hmm. um, and another little, in, you know, introduction that I like um, is Cosmo. And I like how James Gunn gave um, homage to the actual space dog, which I believe his name was Lakia. That's a Soviet sent up in whatever that was. Um, and uh, that's because originally in the comics, it's a male. But in this one, it's a female. And Cosmo is badass. Um, also, I do like Adam Warlock. I know a couple of people were like, oh, he was too childish. But it made sense for the film. And I thought Will Poulter did a great job. And we'll probably see more of him. Um, again, I don't know exactly in what. Because um, we'll talk about how it left off. And you know when we'll see it because of the post credits and everything. Um, but again, um, there, there's just there's really a lot to like about this film. And we'll get into that a little more um, later on. But um, continue what you're saying, because I honestly forgot what you were saying. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we were we were basically just wrapping up, like, you know, just the background oh, yeah. of the film and how much it made and everything. I um, will say, um, sorry to cut you off, no, it good. still is selling out um, at the theater. Again, there was at least like three or four showings yesterday that were packed. Mm. Um, so it's still going strong, and I think it will break a billion probably in um, – you know, I, I don't know if any, I don't, Black Panther didn't even break a billion. I believe they're at like a nine and change. So if this breaks a billion, this will actually be, um, I don't know how many Marvel movies exactly have over a billion besides I think the Avengers ones. I don't know if anything outside the Avengers actually broke a billion, maybe the original Black Panther or something. Um, but this will probably be one of the few Marvel movies that will break over a billion if, it still goes strong, but there was a lot of stuff coming out. Again, Fast X just came out. Um, Little Mermaid is coming out this week. Um, and right after Little Mermaid is uh, Spider-Verse. And after Spider-Verse, it's like Transformers the next week. And after Transformers, it's um, Flash. And then after Flash, it's everything every week. It's it's rough. So just to give you an idea, uh, before we like pivot into the actual conversation, Right. Uh, there has been about let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine there's been about 10 marvel projects that have grossed uh, a billion or higher hmm. um, the highest grossing superhero film of all time is avengers endgame at 2.7 billion um most of the avenger movies like all surpassed um 1 billion i mean we have avengers infinity war at, at 2 billion we have the original avengers at 1.5 uh we have avengers age of ultron at 1.4 uh and then some of the other ones are spider-man no way home at 1.9 uh, we have black mm -hmm. panther at 1.3 uh iron man 3 at 1.2 captain america mm -hmm. civil war at 1.1 uh spider-man far from home at 1.1 captain marvel mm -hmm. actually at 1.1 which is really interesting Ooh. um 
and then the rest of them are like you know in like the high millions so you know in the 900s yeah. and, the and stuff like that um but just to give you an idea so i mean yeah i mean so guardians of the galaxy is you know volume three is definitely on its way to becoming one of the highest grossing superhero movies of all time i think they could definitely break top 10 at least so uh that's gonna be pretty interesting to see and um yeah no i mean overall i agree with what you said but you know with all the actors and actresses i mean they definitely brought their all um a lot of development for everybody like you said you know nebula mantis Drax. um you know you could argue that you know all the guardians you know kind of peaked and had their own little bit of character development which you know obviously led to the end of the movie and uh, you know obviously you can speculate you know going forward you know if we're ever going to see these characters again you know what's the future uh because obviously you know at the very end of the movie you know they will they did say that the legendary star lord will return um mm -hmm. not say anything about the guardians so we don't know what their future holds um honestly if this is the last time that we see the guardians then you know what i think how each of their characters ended made sense and yeah. uh, i'm happy about it uh of course it would be cool to see the guardians again um but i mean we'll just have to wait and see unfortunately we don't know much uh, obviously i would like to see a show with the new guardians I mean, I feel like that would be the best thing to use them for. Like, kind of like how they did the holiday special, even if they just want to do a special. I don't think we're going to see any more Guardians films as much as people would like to. I think each of the Guardians stories realistically are over. Mm -hmm. So if they wanted to do, you know, a show where each episode maybe focused on a different Guardian, like what Mantis is up to, what Drax is up to, mm -hmm. you know, what what's going on in Nowhere, I believe is the place. Um you know that that would be really cool to see but for now i'm curious of what star lord's gonna be in i think they said he's gonna be in like the avengers lineup you know since now he's on earth and everything um that would be kind of cool to see him in the avengers because if you know we go back and we look at like infinity war and endgame and stuff he um he's he's able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the avengers at certain parts he's smart in that sense of you know using his gadgets and everything so i think he'd make a good fit and he has fought thanos before so, you know, leading up to the Kang Dynasty or um, what's the other one? Um, I don't even know what the other Avengers Dynasty is going to be about. Oh, uh, Secret Wars or something. Um, you know, maybe we'll see him in that. Those are the only projects I can really think about off the top of my head. Um, it is sad to not see the Guardians anymore because, you know, I believe their first film was 2014. So almost 10 years ago. Um and you know it's uh really crazy to see the amount of projects and stuff they've been in as well um so it's always sad to see that end but obviously we know marvel's going in a different direction now and they're kind of re you know what what's the word i'm looking for like they're they're not redoing everything but they're it's, re it's a new chapter they're, like, they're rebranding kind of almost yeah yeah it's going to be a new chapter we're going to see a whole new set of team and a new set of characters which is fine but and plus, I obviously, think James Gunn is moving to DC, and he's going to be taking over the DC universe. So, I mean, even if there were any future Guardian projects, it wouldn't involve him unless they wanted to bring him back as like kind of like a special, you know, case. Where I mean, like Guardians was his baby, you know. So, I mean, yeah, if they yeah. would do like any future project, like a TV show or something like that, um, they would be smart to consult him um, because obviously, Guardians is so well done that I don't think you can do Guardians to... without James Gunn, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Because, I mean, again, I... like, he's even talked about how in the Avengers movies, like, you know, the Russo brothers or whoever has directed, like, he's like, that's not what the Guardians would do, like, in his mind. Hmm. So, um, I could definitely see them doing, like, some sort of, like, TV show, like you said, you know, like, maybe, like, it would be cool. It would. Like, I think it would be cool to see, like, you know, what the, you know, former Guardians are up to, or they could do a whole new show on, like, the, 
new Guardians of the Galaxy that was formed at the end of the movie, and like maybe I, ca- I kind of really want to see that only because I want to know like what's going on. Like I really want to know if Adam Warlock is still going to continue to be in the MCU. I hmm. uh, you know it'd be cool to see kind of what this other version of Gamora is up to. I also do like what they did with Gamora in this one. Even at the end, like, even though you probably wanted, you know, I think everybody wanted her to go back with the Guardians, but, like, I feel like this movie had a lot of good messages, you know, on finding yourself, and, you know, it, in the end, like, Gamora did have her new family, um, and, you know, Peter kind of got his closure with her as well, um, obviously, you know, this whole Guardians movie is mainly about Rocket and his backstory, but obviously we still see those smaller stories within it. Even with just some lines such as, you know, Nebula telling Drax he wasn't born to be a destroyer, he was born to be a dad. It's like something like right there is like literally just telling you what we saw first when we saw Drax because literally everybody called him Drax the Destroyer. Now he's a dad because that's what he was all along. And then even with Nebula and then, um, you know, forget about Rocket and everything. Like, you know, I've been seeing clips all over about, you know, him and other movies talking about how he hates being called a raccoon and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, you know, he's like, rocket raccoon. And then he just, like, beat the shit out of the high evolutionary. Like, we'll talk about the fight scenes, too, because, again, there's so much in this movie that is so good. Um, But the amount of, you know, the amount of attention they paid to each character in this without losing focus from another one is just, again, I feel like that's something that James Gunn can only do because he knows his characters. This is, again, this is his trilogy, his movies. It's it's his Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like, he, he knows them best, and he closed it out probably in the best way possible. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, very, very well said. And, uh, you know, moving forward, I think, I, you know, I know I talked to you about this, but how I want to structure the rest of the episode. Every movie that comes out has a theme, right? They have, you know, certain points that they cover, you know, and obviously when it comes to the Guardians of the Galaxy, their trilogy has always covered, you know, specific themes and points that are central to the idea of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So what I want to do is that, you know, because we are talking about the third and final movie, I want to look back at some of the points and themes that have made the Guardians who they are. And basically it's going to be like a back and forth. Like I, I want to, I want to explain like one of the points and then I want you to kind of you know, explain like, you know, what was seen in this movie that kind of supports that theme, if that makes sense. Mm. So, for example, I mean, obviously one of the, um, you know, fa- foundational, like, you know, or, or vital points of Guardians of the Galaxy is family and friendship. And I mean, obviously we have, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy team uh, led by Peter Quill, you know, or Star-Lord. Uh, emphasize the importance of found family and the bonds formed between the team members. And despite their differences in diverse backgrounds, they come together to protect one another in the galaxy itself. So, I mean, obviously, you know, that being said, you know, how does Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, you know, emphasize that point and keep it going, you know, throughout the film? Well, I mean, straight off the bat, we see um, Rocket's story kind of go around this whole family aspect in this one because, you know, we see the arguments, especially they kind of use Gamora as a um, somebody that's fighting this um, idea of why are you saving your pet? You know, they, you know that's what a lot of people see Rocket as in this team. And um, we see Nebula and Peter really kind of push that, um, push that ideal that, you know, he is family. 
and you know we're doing all this stuff to save him and like that's why you know scenes where the high, high evolutionary um is you know just putting his finger up saying like wait like i'm not done he's like he's like i'm trying to save my friend he's like you know and, and then even um what's it called uh i think nebula kind of portrays that um so well when you know they finally hear his voice you know she like breaks down crying um because they you know they have their friend back and again they they they're family at the end of the day even though they're only friends and even if you go back to the first guardians film they start off obviously as you know strangers and just people that don't like each other at the end you know they all come to this conclusion if i die i'm gonna die with my friends and then when we go throughout the guardians trilogy they grow more as a family and then now in this one again they're all living together even though they have like their own little apartments and you can see that again that's you know mantis is peter's sister like you know technically his actual sister so that's somebody that's an actual family and then you see you constantly obviously always see the relationship between Groot and rocket um but even the way when certain things happen to certain characters in this you can see you know, just the emotion on Groot's face or towards the end when Peter's, you know, in space, like, you know, starting to die. You see Groot basically, like, crying, trying to reach out for him, and he can't reach out for him. Um, so basically going on this journey just to find, you know, the information on Rocket to save him, to bypass everything, shows how much it means to them because of the short amount of time they have and those little arguments that we see especially between like Peter and Nebula with Gamora on, you know, why this is being done. And even we see this between, um, you can argue Adam Warlock and, you know, like the, the woman he calls mother, because, you know, he's somebody that's just made out of a cocoon. And, you know, we kind of see him being that childlike character because he was taken out too early. So we still see how he acts like a child towards family. And when they ask him to do certain things, um and in the end you know even though you kind of see their the family split it's kind of like representations in life where if you know say you have like a couple of siblings or whatever it's like they go their own ways because even though like that journey with that family is closed like you're still there but now you're off to somewhere else because all along they were always doing things for each other but never for themselves and now that they finally feel like they completed that, they're going to go start to do things for themselves, even if some of them are still together. Right. And I agree. I mean, that's kind of like, yeah. that's kind of like me and you in a sense where it's like, you know, we're always like joined at the hip when we're together. But I mean, obviously, you know, we're in two different states and we're living two different lives, you know, but yeah. always going to be family at the end of the day and we're always going to come together. And I mean, that's exactly what the end of Guardians is about. I mean, they're always going to be a family but each of them have to go on their own path and discover who they are or follow, you know, what they truly believe in. And, um, you know, I mean, again, even though they'll be separated, they'll be across the galaxy. They're always going to be family. And that's, that's the very, that's the important thing to, to think about. And, um, you know, I mean, you, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but obviously, you know, again, one of the biggest examples throughout the film is the story of rocket and his journey and how he goes from, you know, being an experiment to finding these friends, you know, within, you know, captivity and these friends eventually becoming his family, you know, and even though he has a new family in the guardians, he had a pre-existing family. And I mean, obviously we saw how tragic that 
ending of the family was and how that really impacted him. But, uh, you know, we see the growth from friends to family and in all different aspects, you know, and in across all different characters. You know, again, we have Rocket, you know, going from, you know, a group of friends, forming a family, losing that family, but then gaining new friends and then gaining a new family. You know, same could be said for Star-Lord and Gamora and Nebula and Groot. All of their journeys converge on a singular path where they go from being alone to finding friends and then forming a family. And I mean, something, that... no, go ahead. Something that I also really like is when they have arguments, you know, like especially towards the end of the film where we see Nebula, Mantis and Drax and Nebula, you know, kind of is going off on Drax being dumb. And, you know, Mantis, you know, with these certain things, it's like they fight like a family would, you know, but like in the end, they're still together at the end of the day. And again, I didn't even touch upon Rocket and his friends. Um, but again, I would call that family because that's that's all he had on there. And um, even towards the end, when he wanted to join everybody, you know, they, they were st- they'll, they'll still gladly wait for him because his story isn't done elsewhere. You know, so it, it, it also teaches you the lesson of no matter how much like you may want to go and do something, it's like sometimes you have to wait and you have to finish your story elsewhere, even if, you know, you, you want to go, you know, play in a beautiful sky together forever and fly away. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, uh, this is going to be a, 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 cheer, a tearjerker. <laughs> yeah. This- um, a lot, of, a lot of films, and you know, not only films, but a lot of you know animations and TV shows, you know, do that, do that theme well. Um, you know, where we've seen characters like on the brink of death before, and you know, we see them wanting to just give up, and you know, just, you know, they've had enough. You know, they've been through obstacle after obstacle, and you know, they just, they finally want to rest, and you know, they want to, they want to join the people that they loved, and you know, the people that they lost in, you know, in the afterlife, and. Um, you know, we see time and time after again that, you know, the, the people that they lost, the people that they loved, you know, tell them that, look, you know, your your time is not over yet. You know, you still have work to do, you know, in the present and the now. You know, we'll always be here when you're ready, but, you know, you you can't give up now. And yeah. uh, I mean, it was it was a heartbreaking scene, you know, when he, you know, because you could tell Rocket was just like, I'm done. He's like, I did all I could. He's like, I've been through enough. He's like, I just want to join you guys. He's like, just please let me come with you. And, you know, of course they were willing to embrace him with open arms, but, you know, Lila basically took him and was like, look, your, your story is not finished yet. You know, you still have more to do, you know, we'll always be here for you, but you can't, you can't leave now. And I mean, you know, that's just, you know, again, it's, it's, it's both beautiful and heartbreaking at the same time, you know, because we see that he's finally able to reunite with his friends and his family, but unfortunately he's not there yet. And, yeah. uh, you know, eventually he will be, but, you know, the important thing is that they'll always be waiting for him and, you know, he has more good to do. And then obviously because of him not leaving and, you know, returning to the guardians, you know, he's able to help them defeat the high evolutionary. He's able to save all the children on board. He's able to save all the animals on board and he finds a newfound purpose to keep living. And, you know, that was one of the most important effects of that scene, basically. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's a very heavy film. You know, I mean, it's obviously Guardians has been very family and friend focused, but this film just 
really hits it on the head. Like it is just ex extremely heartwarming and then heart wrenching at the same time. And uh, it really makes you think, you know, about what family and, and friendship means to you and uh, you know, how family comes in all different sizes and forms and how a whole ragtag group of just people from all across the galaxy can become like one of the closest families you've ever seen. And, and I feel like, especially when he talks about, you know, they talk about stopping, you know, running at the end of the film, you know, again, he embraces, you know, towards the end when he takes all the, you know, baby raccoons, he embraces that he is a raccoon, like that, that's what he was all along. And, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to resent because of it. You know, this is no matter, you know, he took that as a derogatory thing and something that, you know, um, and even in the first film, like, you know, he talks about, you know, being ripped open and taken apart over and over again. And at the end, he doesn't even kill the high evolutionary because that's just like, no matter how much was done to him, he just knows at the end of the day, that's not what he's meant to do. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it's just crazy to me how much they did with Rocket in this film and across all films, and the fact that they that they they did amazing with it. Like I, I really don't know how James Gunn did it. I, I like again I can't think of any flaws in this film realistically. Again I would have to go back and watch it several times, mm -hmm. but this is something I consider to almost be a perfect film. Mm -hmm. I agree. No, I agree. I mean James Gunn is is really a a, a blessing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is probably going to be the best film of Phase Five, and um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with the future of of DC. So, yeah. uh, before we continue our conversation, we are ending the first part. Um, so we are going to wrap it up here. Uh, like I said, for people on YouTube, uh, you know, this will be the only part on YouTube. So if you want to listen to the rest of the conversation, just please listen to us on you know all your podcasting platforms. Um, but we are going to take a brief intermission and we are going to be back with the second part of our conversation. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome back to our second part of our conversation on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, we recently just had some internet connection problems, so uh, we are restarting this. Um, we just left off with our conversation um, when it came to Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, just going over like the different themes that we've seen throughout the film. Uh, we just finished, you know, the theme of family and friendship. Uh, so now we're going to move on to humor and wit. And obviously, you know, throughout the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, we've seen that, you know, it is a very comedic movie. And, you know, they do a really good job of, you know, placing some comedic scenes and values that just give a little bit of like, a, you know, a haha, like chuckle, you know, uh, after like, you know, a serious scene or, you know, a nice action packed scene or, you know, emotional scene. And uh, obviously, you know, there were a couple examples throughout this film of, you know, the same humor and weight and comedic value that, you know, James Gunn has displayed throughout all the films. So, um, you know, I just wanted you to, uh, you know, further reinforce that and, you know, tell us, you know, what you saw throughout the film that kind of, you know, gave that same comedic value, just like the other Guardians movies. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the biggest thing about the Guardians is they don't just necessarily focus on one character for the humor. Um, obviously, if, you know, we're thinking about one of the biggest characters in terms of, you know, humor in the Guardians, it would be Drax. Um, he is often seen as a comedic relief, but I don't think his humor is stupid, or I don't think the Guardians humor is cheap or stupid either. Uh, we have seen other Marvel movies where they kind of focus on one character solely for the humor, which kind of ruins the character a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I do like that they kind of have each character 
focus on humor, such as even a scene where they take, you know, children being terrified and Drax saying, I can make monkey noises. And then he proceeds to be a robot. <laughs> and then I'm like, how does this make sense? And they're like, I don't know. And he, what, what I find kind of funny is he pokes Nebula and she's like a legit robot. So she's like, what? Like, you know, and then like, he pokes Mantis and she's like, ha, like, you know, like a freaking kid. Um, so like human like that is just, it, it, it's great um, in that sense. And again, like we see almost realistic humor in a sense where Peter is telling the high evolutionary, like, I don't give a shit if your mom didn't love you. Like my friend's dying. Like, like again, that doesn't sound funny, but it's just like the way these lines are delivered are just perfect in that sense. Even, you know, scenes um, with characters that, you know, don't even say many words such as Groot or Cosmo uh, interacting with Kraglin throughout the film or Adam Warlock with his things, you know, don't be rash. Like, you know, I, <laughs> stuff like that. I feel like it's just, it's perfect comedic timing. And it's funny, Drax throwing the ball at the kid, um, you know, um, Star-Lord saying to Nebula, like, you know, Nebula can't figure out how to open a door, but it doesn't take away from anything. Like they're literally going to find the guy that ripped open their friend and she can't figure out how to open up a door, but it's funny. And it yeah. kind of takes it, it, it's that moment. And after that, whatever, you forget about it. Like, you know, and then you go on to what the important part of this film is. So I think, and again, like we said before, the family and the friend aspect of all of this helps with the humor and the lightheartedness of the Guardians. Because at the end of the day, the Guardians isn't a blended family by, you know, mother and father or anything like that. Their friends turn the family. And I feel like bringing all those different backgrounds of characters can really show and develop, you know, how these people feel about these certain things. So, um, you know, I feel like, again, they just, nothing takes away from anything else, especially Guardians 2 is probably one of the funniest Guardians movie, um, you know, to date, um, and especially one of the funniest Marvel movies, um, you know, but this one has so much heart in it, but it also, you know, after a heart-wrenching scene, it could be another complete scene that has comedy in it, but it doesn't take away from what just happened and what we're going to see. So mm -hmm. I feel like the biggest thing is balance too. They know how to not take it out of the scene. I mean, especially we see in the second one where they're like, you know, doing a superhero pose and then Mantis gets hit with a rock and Drax is like, yeah. <laughs> look out, like, you know, afterwards. It's like stuff like that seems stupid, but it's like, it works. Yeah, no, I agree. And like I said, like even like with the with the more serious moments, you know, the more like heart wrenching moments, they're able to sprinkle in that comedic value where like it doesn't take away from the scene. You know, like yeah. we could watch like a heart wrenching scene of like Rocket and his past, you know, with his friends, and then we could have saw like another scene where like you know Drax just like pelts this girl with a ball, and then like it doesn't take away from the scene because you know you're still feeling the emotion from the previous scene, but then also you're able to like cry and laugh at the same time. So you know they have a a good flow to the narrative and you know they they always pick and choose their spots like i mean again like when they were getting in the car like you know to go save their friend you know who was ripped open by this like really bad guy well she she can't able, like figure out how to open a car door and he's just like open the fucking door <laughs> I also, like, yeah i feel like even when like we said earlier when like you know rocket's friends are giving all them names like floor is naming herself floor because she's lying on the floor like Tease is naming himself Tease because he has the biggest Tease. It's like as sad as that scene is, it's like stuff like that doesn't take away for it, but it's kind of funny because they can also laugh and laugh in the moment, yeah. you know, while still playing on a serious tone of they don't have names, they just have numbers. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, they like I said, they do a really good job of like spacing out the uh, emotion throughout the movie. 
and like just kind of keeping you hooked the whole entire time. And, you know, again, they've done that throughout all the Guardians movies, but especially in this one, you know, they gave the same amount of you know comedic value and humor, you know, that they would with uh, with all the other movies. I mean, you know, we can go scene by scene and just explain how like, you know, especially the one with Adam Warlock where like, you know, Gamora like holds the creature like, yeah. he's like, don't be rash. <laughs> like, you know, just, just little things like that. You know, even the scene yeah. where they infl- infiltrate that like, you know, organic um, structure. And then, like, you know, he, Star-Lord is discussing, like, you know, with Nathan Fillion's character. He's like, oh, he's like, I have one of those cousins, too. He's like, I know I know what you're talking about. Like, you know, just little scenes like that where they're on, like, a serious mission. But then there also is, like, some humor to it. Like, you know, they even with, is, um, like one of the best movies that does that, you know, out of all the Marvel the, the, like, Among Us spacesuit scene. Right. And, like, you know, Star-Lord's pouring his heart out. And it's just, like, pans over. It's like, he can hear you. <laughs> and, and then, or it's, like, the thing where, like, they're literally talking about like stuff happening in their lives and everything on the ship. And, you know, uh, Drax is eating the Zarg nuts and he's like, Oh, you know, you can't have any mantis. I finished it. And he's just like, <laughs> like stuff like that. Again, like, I feel like they just, they just have that perfect timing. Like, and I feel like since the guardians fit so well together as a family, like I'll like die on the hill, like of, you know, guardians being the best family in the MCU universe especially over like the Avengers and everything. It's like the comedy between the Guardians feels a lot more natural than than the comedy between the Avengers and other teams. And that's why I feel like it works so well. Mm, Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, Moving on to one of the, you know, third themes that we see throughout this movie. And again, you know, all the Guardians movies is the idea of redemption and growth. You know, obviously throughout the trilogy, we've seen some characters, you know, join the Guardians, uh, you know, become introduced to us. And, you know, obviously they came from a pretty, you know, not, not so great backgrounds. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those characters include like, you know, Nebula and uh, Gamora and how like, you know, their upbringings were, you know, pretty awful. But, you know, as the films go on, you know, we see that they are redeemed and, uh, you know, they experience some character growth. And even the characters that didn't need so-called redemption, um, each of them had their own style of character growth, which is obviously prevalent throughout the whole trilogy. Um, I would say that at least this Guardians movie, there isn't so much like of a redemption aspect as you know maybe you could argue that there is like a little bit of redemption for like adam warlock but he was more of like an anti-hero kind of throughout the film versus like an actual villain um but we do see him like kind of gain his own like consciousness and become like good you know towards the end i mean obviously he um you know joins the new guardians of the galaxy team uh we see that scene where like everybody's hugging and then like, he kind of just like slowly like starts yeah. back. um you know so we see a little bit of redemption like in his mind uh however if anything this epi- uh, episode this movie definitely covers more character growth um we see you know all the guardians you know experience some sort of growth and um you know even some of the support characters you know they all experience some sort of character growth that leave them off you know either in a good place or you know have less asking questions you know about what the future holds for them um, you know, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, ask you, you know, what examples did you see throughout the film that, you know, were the true definition of, yes, this character from the beginning to the end, they experienced some sort of character growth? I mean, probably two of the biggest ones in this film is um, Rocket, obviously, and Nebula are the two that, you know, stick out to me. But I believe every member of the Guardians has some sort of development throughout not only this film, but other films, I mean, again, if you just take Peter at the beginning of the film, he's drunk. You know, he he's mourning about, you know, he's never going to have his Gamora back. And he's basically, you know, he, he he's throwing himself a pity party 
which is understandable. And then we see throughout the movie and towards the end, you know, when they have the conversation of, you know, that they need to separate from each other and figure themselves out. Um, he, you know, he even learns to let go of the end of Gamora, you know, like as much as throughout the film, we saw him trying to have her remember and, you know, giving his feelings, you know, like, you know, everything coming from the heart at the end, you know, Go, they have that little interaction and then he goes on with his life and Gamora goes back to her family. It's like, he, he's thankful that that chapter happened. You know, now that it's closed, it's time to go find a new one. Mantis, she talks about how the whole film in her whole life, you know, even though she only got introduced in Guardians 2, she never got to do anything for herself. Even though the Guardians didn't order her around in the sense that Ego did, she wants to go figure out life for herself. And she proved that she can not only just be a member that, you know, tells people what to do in the sense of, you know, sleep or, you know, being stronger, you know, she can do other things. And, you know, Drax, you know, when we first meet Drax, he's in the prison and he calls himself Drax the Destroyer. And at the end, we see him be, being able to take care of these kids, you know, making them laugh. And then, you know, Nebula saying that he's meant to be a dad all along because in the end, that's why he wanted to destroy it because he lost his family. And now he can gain one back. Nebula. I mean, I, I again, Nebula's character development from the first time we saw her to now is unbelievable. Right. I mean, this is somebody that hated her sister, hated everything, out for blood, was Ronin's, you know, um, first-hand person. Who, yeah. And we in this one... From like, you know, pretty much like broken home and like not knowing who she is to like by the end of the film, she wants to stay on nowhere because she wants to build a better home than she ever had. You know, yeah. so you see her come around and become more, you know, organic than machine, basically. Yeah, because like kind of in the beginning, you saw that she was a lot like a machine. She really didn't think much, you know, even the way she talked. Mm. And this one, the way she interacts with people, you know, especially in the scene where Gamora is saying like, oh, you know, the one sound like you were in love with was her. And then like, you know, she's like, knock it off. And then like, you know, he's like, oh, I never realized your eyes. And she's like, my father ripped them out as a method of torture. <laughs> it's like, you know, again, here we go with the comedy, but rocket i mean it, it from what i i think the opening scene of the movie is literally the hand reaching into the cage mm. and we see you know this young rocket and you know we see in all the flashbacks you know the you know the first thing he knows is pain and then he finds comfort in his friends and then when we go back to present day he's dying like and and you know the, we really don't see him in this present day until the end of the movie actually awake and aware and when we go back to his journey, we actually find out, like, you know, why he's so angry at the world, why he only has this one friend, um, you know, and why he's on this path. He blames himself for everything. Um, and, you know, in the end, he embraces who he is, you know, as much as, you know, he could be, you know, people could argue or consider like, you know, him being a mistake or useless in a sense. It's like, like, no, like all along, like he was, you know regardless of what his story was like now it's it's his chance to make it different you know and you know he probably won't ever forget about that pain because that's probably really difficult to forget but in the end he embraces himself and he wants to do what you know he never got the chance to do by saving all these other lower life forms they would call them such as the baby raccoons the elephant the penguins like every freaking it kind of reminded me of like um the freaking ship in christianity or whatever it's called you know yeah, what, no, one of these it look like that almost mm. um 
and um even you know facing somebody that literally you know where nebula says like what happened to him was worse than what thanos did to her which is crazy to me um especially it happened as a baby you know him not even killing this man that killed his friends tortured him just is a complete asshole and even at the end it was confirmed i don't know if you know this but they actually saved the high evolutionary drax actually ca- carried him off the ship and he's like in prison and nowhere oh I so they, actually yeah so he's actually still alive and in, in a prison and nowhere apparently um so again like j- stuff as that and um uh even cracklin like you know when we first get introduced he's a side character and now he's a member of the guardians of the galaxy and in the beginning, beginning of the film, he can't figure out how to use his arrow from somebody that was so important to him as Yandu. And finally, when, you know, it comes, you know, the time where people need him the most, he's able to do it. Um, and um, Gamora, I mean, Gamora obviously is not the same Gamora that we saw, you know, where she actually had the development of finding a family, such as the Guardians and falling in love and everything. But we see that she found a family in the Ravengers and, you know, even though that she goes on a journey with the guardian, she kind of realizes like a couple of things about life and um, even Groot. I mean, Groot, like, you know, from the last time we saw him, you know, he was a teenager and, you know, a baby from the original Groot and, you know, subtle hints of like, you know, why he looks big and bulky, you know, and stuff is because he's a plant and, you know, he has love and everything around him and he just continues to grow. You know, kind of like in the first one, he was still big and strong, but he was more skinny and like tree looking, not, you know, necessarily uh, clean, I would say. And um, Adam Warlock, I mean, Adam Warlock, you know, he's a child in this, but, you know, in the end, he's still figuring out his childlike innocence and becoming a part of a new family, you know, because, you know, he it's almost like he didn't feel accepted and, you know, what he was because he was made of something the high evolutionary just made for the purpose of destruction. Right. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, again, like, you know, you hit the nail on the head, you know, even the smallest character, um, you know, like Cosmo or, you know, uh, Kralin, his name, his name Cracklin. is Cracklin, Cracklin, yeah. even characters like that, you know, who were considered side characters, you know, they had their own little bit of development. And, yeah. um, you know, that just goes to show that James Gunn was really trying to like tie up all loose ends. He was trying to take every character that he introduced from the Guardians and basically develop them and grow them to what he expected and then, you know, set them on their ways. And like you said, you know, we see some of these side characters, you know, become main characters, um, you know, and vice versa. So, I mean, you know, he does a really good job of, of developing these characters. And like I said, there might not be any redemption in this movie um, as there was like, you know, the first or the second one, but there definitely is a lot of growth. And like, you know, like you said, each character goes through their own special growth and it, you know, at the end of the film, it leaves them in a better place, you know, and um it always leaves you, you know, wanting more, you know, asking more questions. And again, even if we don't see any of these guardians in the near future, we know that their stories had happy endings and we yeah. know each going off to do what they're meant to do and what they're supposed to do. And honestly, if we never see them again, that's the best way to leave it. So, you know, I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, the final two points or the, you know, the two themes that I wanted to cover, uh, you know, throughout Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, the fourth one is just simply cosmic adventures. And I mean, obviously, we see Guardians of the Galaxy. They are really the only um, Marvel Cinematic Universe project that operates within the cosmic side. So, you know, they're the ones that we see the most in space, you know, going to these all different 
you know, we see them encountering all different uh, extraterrestrial beings, uh, exploring different planets and engaging in interstellar conflicts. Um, and the franchise itself, the you know, delves into the vastness of the universe and expanding the scope of the Marvel universe. Because obviously most of the Marvel projects usually happen on Earth. Um, you know, I mean, obviously with Thor it happens on Asgard, but besides Asgard, you know, that was really the extent of like, you know, the cosmic, um, you know, universe that we got within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then obviously Guardians of the Galaxy came around and all that changed. Um, you know, now we're going to all these different planets, you know, we're exploring all these different things. And uh, it really is showing how vast, you know, the universe is. And, uh, you know, although, you know, I definitely do feel that, you know, the first and the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie had more of that, like, cosmic adventure side to it. Mm. Um, you know, although, you know, Volume 3 definitely did have, you know, some different places, you know, like Counter-Earth and the, you know, organic life form settlement, you know, we've already seen Nowhere. Um, so, you know, we are familiar with Nowhere. But, um, you know, and then again, obviously Earth, you know, we've, already seen earth so really we were only introduced to like two new places um you know so they don't go on so much of a cosmic adventure but they go on more of like a emotional adventure yeah i mean i feel like the biggest thing with cosmic adventure in the guardians movie is like creativity like mm -hmm. in this one we see a new ship which is also named after like i believe a musician bowie david bowie i, I believe um and again, just the look of the ship is, you know, something different than what you would normally see. Again, it's it's like a teal and pink. Um, nowhere. I mean, even though we've seen nowhere before, it's the creativity of using a celestial head as now a home for, you know, several people that are, you know, misplaced, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, you know, like they use something so similar as, you know, counter earth, but still show that this high, you know, perfect society still has its flaws you have you know people doing drugs you have homeless people i mean it's no matter how hard you try i don't think things will ever be perfect and that's kind of one of the things you know one of the messages in this film but it's just you know obviously even the scenes where they're just going through you know um almost like light speed you could call it or something just the way that's done is creative you know in forming the different um like how how it works it's a it's a little um strange in that way but again they use a planet made out of natural matter you know that's it, it, it's a little strange but it's it's cool that they can think of these things whether it's taken from the comics or not um but you know mainly again that is something we see in the first two films but they are the guardians of the galaxy they're going to explore the galaxy but you know right. they also bring creatures in of what we see and um just other um you know kind of showing how things from certain places are so important in aspects like this and even using like um famous scenes out of history such as uh what's it the hand of god at the end of the movie with adam warlock and you know peter quill it's like that was straight out of that which i'm surprised they did that right. but that's kind of where i see that creativity in like the cosmos so to speak and you know in using you know the story of cosmo you know being you know talking about the soviets and everything um and you know at the end in the post-credit scenes we do see another planet and, um, you know, we talk a little bit about like Groot and stuff and him changing. So even though it's not as explored because they're not focusing on that in this, they're focusing on, you know, the emotional side and, you know, having that really pack a punch. It's still like no matter where they go, it's like you can kind of always expect something different again, like they're breaking into a, you know, 
natural matter planet wearing spacesuits that are all super bright colors. So like that's, you know, that's, that's very interesting to me. And, um, you know what I just realized actually in that scene what? is obviously like everybody like, you know, is like, Oh my God, look among us. Yeah. Do, do you know how they, how they got into the complex? Yeah. They like, they, well, they went through the shields and then they cut a hole. Yeah. But it's like, it's almost like they went through a vent. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I know it's not like an actual event, but like, you know, I was just like, oh my God. I was like, wait, I was like the whole oh, thing. I was like among us, <laughs> but uh, no, but I mean, I, I definitely yeah. agree. You know, I mean, they, even though there isn't as much cosmic adventure and in, in this movie as there, you know, is in previous movies, it does a good job of like exploring or being creative in other, other ways. And you know, like you yeah. said, nobody, nobody asked them to make big, colorful spacesuits that look like among us and create <laughs> this like, building or structure like out of like organic matter you know so i mean it's and even something like counter earth it's like you know what it might be copy and paste but it's like you know it's all different species and all different you know animals from earth you know but obviously you know sped up like in their you know process of evolution and stuff um and again we see that you know not that even that's not perfect you know it has the same problems that earth does you know like poverty and uh, drug abuse and violence and stuff like that um so you know they are creative in their own way so you know even though but again obviously i think we all knew that this guardians film wasn't going to be focusing on an adventure um yeah. it was focusing on like you know the wrapping up of characters and the emotional adventure and the story that they've been through so uh, you know i don't think a lot of people would be upset about that i think a lot of people expected that to be honest mm -hmm. so uh the final theme that i want to just kind of touch upon uh, again that's been pretty prevalent when it comes to guardians of the galaxy for starters guardians of the galaxy as a franchise and especially in this movie they have had the best soundtracks out of any mcu project um obviously the guardians of the galaxy movies are known for their nostalgic and catchy soundtracks uh, featuring popular songs from the 1960s 70s and 80s i think even in this movie we got some from like the 90s and the early 2000s Mm -hmm. um, so the music plays a significant role in setting the tone and enhancing the emotional impact of storytelling. So again, I mean, throughout the film, I mean, how, how would you basically explain how the soundtrack of this particular movie, like, I guess in a way, like benefited the storytelling, you know, or like, how did they know like what songs to pick and choose, like when they were, you know, going through different scenes in the movie? Well, I'll tell you off the top of my head um, because I have a lot of the songs um, pretty much on my playlist. Like pretty much every Guardians, pretty much every Guardians song is on my playlist. But just a couple of things, like one of the first songs they play is "Creep," and in a, by Radiohead, and that's you know talking about Rocket and his friends. You know the 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 you know the song goes as it says you know kind of talking about i'm a creep i'm a loser blah 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 you know and even rocket himself is singing that and it's kind of like portraying like you know what he thought of himself you know in the film and you know especially kind of when he realizes what his true purpose is by the high evolutionary um and then again picking scenes uh such as since you've been uh uh, sorry, a song such as Since You've Been Gone, which was played during the basically Among Us scene. You take something like that and you take like almost that kind of reminds me of space adventure. You know, you have these co bright, colorful suits flying through space, you know, jumping around, 
and you know on this weird planet the last the the last song they play actually no we'll go on to no sleep till brooklyn you know you're using that in a fighting hallway scene that was, I mean, that was one of the most. That's just it's just scenes. badass because again, you're having them come together and beat the shit out of these people, like plain and simple. And by the way, that scene is one consecutive shot, which is amazing, mm-hmm. and it's probably the best fight scene we've seen in a long ass time, and probably one of the best hallway scenes. Um, again, it's like I feel like they sit there, whether it's James Gunn and the music producers, they sit there and they think, all right. What makes sense? What is what is going to represent the scene? The last song, Dog Days Are Over. I mean, the dog days are over. Like, the, the, the days of the Guardians are over. Mm-hmm. It's so heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's so nice because you see Groot starting to just dance and then Rocket dancing and then everybody dancing. Right. So and we can go on and on about, you know, the, the certain songs they have, such as Mr. Blue, Blue Sky, Come a Little Closer, Brandy, you're a fine girl. My sweet lord. I mean, I want you back. Hooked on a feeling, which is probably one of you know the most iconic songs from the Guardians movie. And that was a that was a great way to like end the film. You know, when they're all sitting yeah. discussing like, oh, you know, what's your favorite song? And then like Rocket's like, oh, well, this is my personal favorite. And then like, it's it's just it's such a callback to like you know not only the franchise as a whole, you know, the trilogy as a whole, but like you know him like reminiscing about like his family. You know, it's like oh, the rubber band man. I mean, I feel like. I feel like what basically James Gunn did is he saw what not necessarily if you look back to a lot of popular movies and stuff such as Star Wars, Jurassic Park, um, what's it called? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what else, but Jaws, you you know, the themes you can you can pick out the theme in your head while they may not be actual songs. He did it with actual songs. Mm-hmm. Because he, this is what you're going to associate with. I'm going to hear Hooked on a Feeling. I'm going to think about the Guardians. Right. You know, again, if I was older, it might have been different. Or again, if I'm going to hear now, Dog Days Are Over was a song that everybody heard. But um, the what's it called? The No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Those songs have been in a bunch of other movies. But I'm going to hear it and I'm going to think about the Guardians now mm-hmm. because that's he associated with it. Um what what's what's the song in the in the second one they play a song at the end um let me see if i can find it uh i don't know but there's long story short you know all this all this music is just i i feel like it's perfect and i like the fact that they call it like awesome mix and i like the fact that throughout each film you know we start off with peter having his one thing you know that he got that he took with him from Terra or Earth, mm-hmm. and then the second one, he gets gifted. You know, like an iPod or something. And then in the third one, you have something that has music from the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands. Right. So it's like as Peter, the, like not only is something that like Peter Quill has and like it's unique to him, but like eventually all the Guardians, you know, they start to listen to the same music that he does. You know, they start to have their own little versions of like you know their ipods or like you know um you know walkmans or something like that and especially rocket you know we see him walking around with that you know little data pad that has all the songs on it he's constantly playing it so it's like we see how again that whole family aspect where like you know peter you know has these songs and like they're eventually introduced to like all the members of the guardians and then like on the ship they're always jamming to these songs you know they know what what these songs are from and uh you know that just proves how well they're and especially how well they're able just to be like 
all right, well, this scene is going to be so-and-so. So I think this song is going to go best. And they, they hit it on the head, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing how they could choose what song goes with what scene. And I mean, that's always what Guardians has been, you know? I mean, they the Guardians of the Galaxy and the trilogy to this day will be probably the best well-known soundtracks for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, and it beats any other trilogy or any other movie in how, how well they are able to adapt the scene with a song. They use music as storytelling. I mean, they, they exactly. use it as a tool for storytelling. And even if you just take the names of the songs, that itself is storytelling. And just in the way the music kind of goes on throughout, you know, the first one, second one, and third one, you definitely see a change in it. So it's just, again, I whether, you know, this is, I, I know there are music producers always on these films. Whoever James Gunn picked, and if they work together, I mean, they they did their research, they hit it on the head, and they definitely, like, they cared. They, they cared a lot, and even though, like, these are songs that were made by musicians, there, there's so many songs out there. So to pick ones that fit perfectly is just, like, round of applause to everybody out there that was involved in the music on these films. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. And uh, that kind of just wraps up, like, all the themes that I really wanted to kind of cover, you know, that's not only been essential to Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, as a whole, but, you know, especially in this movie, and we see how, like, all those themes are continued, and they're even, you know, worked upon, and, um, you know, therefore, it just makes, you know, <laughs> Volume 3, you know, one of the best movies, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I know we have, like, you know, a little under, you know, 10 minutes left, um, but I mean, you know, at least for me, you know, that kind of ends our conversation on uh, at least our review, you know, of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And uh, I mean, I know we're going to have, you know, a couple of other episodes, you know, ex further exploring the Guardians. You know, so I think this is a good place to wrap up, you know, for our conversation today. And, uh, you know, like you said, I know we want to do an episode like, you know, discussing the trilogy as a whole. And uh, you know, I'm sure we could even do episodes like, you know, diving into like, you know, each of the characters or just even more discussion on this movie as a whole, because, Guardians is definitely a topic that, you know, we could do a ton of episodes on and uh, there's just so much more to explore. But I mean, obviously, you know, we wanted to get out, you know, just kind of like a brief overview and review uh, of this movie. And, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, my closing thoughts on this movie, it was, in my opinion, it's, you know, probably the best Guardians movie out of the whole trilogy. Um, it's one of the best endings to a MCU trilogy uh, out there. And, um, it really does a good job from start to finish and it really just wraps up all your favorite characters. It puts them in a better place. And like I said, mm -hmm. this is the last time that we see the guardians, then you know what? We all know that they're doing bigger and better things and that they're all in a good place. It's going to be exciting to see star Lord, you know, when he comes back, whenever he comes back uh, to see what impact he would have, you know, to further the MCU. And uh, yeah, you know, just expecting great things, you know, expecting big things, you know, especially, with James Gunn expecting him to do great things with the DC universe. You know, I mean, I'm sure we'll be having conversations on uh, future DC projects and how he's going to be, you know, enhancing those. And, uh, you know, hopefully he could bring the same success to DC that he did with Marvel. So, um, yeah. you know, I mean, unless you have anything uh, further to say, uh, you know, I think it's good to uh, close out this episode. I mean, I, I say we just rate it out of our, our, you know, sons out of 10 sons. Oh, of course. I mean, that, that's, of course, that's what we have to do. Um, um, I I think if I had to rate it out of 10 suns, honestly, this is a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Um, you know, I mean, 
again, as we went through the themes, you know, we discussed how like, you know, there might not be so much cosmic adventure through this film, but honestly, we all knew that that's what this film wasn't going to focus on. So, I mean, that doesn't make it like, you know, any less than a 10 out of 10 for me. I thought it was beautifully done. Um, I cried. I laughed. I was in yeah. awe. Um, definitely one of the best uh, MCU movies of phase five. Um, one of the best MCU movies that I've seen. And like I said, you know, definitely a great way of ending out the trilogy and, uh, you know, just really making you connect with the uh, with the Guardians. Yeah, I got I got to agree with you and definitely put a 10 out of 10 sons. This is probably one of the most perfect Marvel movies I've seen in a long time. This is one of the Marvel movies I've seen where or just movies in general where I've walked out feeling something, whether it was happiness, sadness or whatever. I can watch this over and over again. I'll cry every time. I'll laugh every time and I'll enjoy it every time. Um, overall, sad to see James Gunn leave Marvel. Hope, you know, maybe he comes back for something else. But, you know, I think DC's in good hands. Um, you know, we're going to have conversations on this trilogy alone. And uh, I would like to compare this with the other trilogies that are in Marvel because it is up there, you know, um, it, and it is the probably the top for me. Um, but that is a discussion for another day. But overall, if you guys have not seen the movie, I highly recommend seeing it. Um, if you can, I would watch it again because I feel like it's definitely enjoyable on the second watch because you know what's going to happen. So you can kind of look out for these certain things. Um but I just it, it's such it's such a good film. It's not not only a Marvel film. I just feel like it's such a good film, even if you're not a Marvel fan. Mm -hmm. um, I think they do everything so well. But um, I mean, that's pretty much going to close out our conversation on, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, there's going to be a lot more episodes on this, um, you know, movie on this trilogy and on, you know, this part of the MCU. Um, so, you know, we're very excited to get back into that and, you know, keep on with that Marvel conversation um, and Guardians of the Galaxy because, it you know, it, it it's just fantastic. And, you know, we're, we're excited to see where it goes in the future. If the story's closed, it's closed. You know, sometimes you got to let it go. And it's been almost a decade of these characters. So if you got to leave, you got to leave them. But mm -hmm. if we could see more, you know, we'll always take more. You know, I'm, de I'm definitely sure people are up to that. But, um... You know, that closes out all my thoughts. I just, you know, I highly recommend. I think it's amazing. And it's 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 a fun movie to see. It's a fun movie to work. And um, it's, you know, it's great. It's great. Yeah. But uh, that, that ends our conversation for today, guys. So, you know, thank you for coming out to our episode where we break down and we discuss Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, you know, like my brother said, you know, be on the lookout for future episodes revolving around the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, as this is going to be a hot topic for us, you know, in for the weeks to come. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Two Sons Podcast. That's with an O, not a U, because we are two brothers. Uh, also, again, you can find us on YouTube at Two Sons Podcast. Again, that is with an O, not a U, because we are two brothers. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, I will be posting the first part of our conversations on there. And then if you want the full conversation, just please go to any of your podcasting platforms to just listen to the rest of the conversation. Um, I'm assuming that this episode is probably going to be set to release uh, tomorrow morning. So uh, I'm also going to set the YouTube video to come out tomorrow. So that way you can get both the YouTube and the podcast on the same day. Uh, but once again, thank you guys so much for coming out today. Uh, you know, we appreciate all the support. Uh, thank you guys for coming back. Uh, please look forward to our future conversations you know, as we dive into a little bit of uh, Marvel. And, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, how the rest of the year goes when it comes to movies. 
and uh, you know, eventually we will move to other topics. But for now, it's probably going to be very Marvel focused. Um, so I'm definitely excited to come back and return to these beloved characters. Um, everybody out there, you know, please be safe. Uh, you know, have a good day, good morning, uh, good evening. You know, whenever you're listening to this. Um, and until next time, may we all fly into the big, beautiful sky with one another. Yes. Um, have a great night, great morning. You know, whatever you guys are doing, just you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming out. Like my brother said, check out all the socials. Um, there are so many movies coming out this summer. Um, so many trailers dropping. The Five Nights at Freddy's trailer just dropped. Um, <laughs> uh, um, and there's a lot of stuff pretty much every week. So there's going to be a lot of content coming your way. But again, we're going to focus on Marvel for a little bit in terms of this and other stuff coming out. But either way, um, go on a cosmic journey, listen to some music, drink some milk. I don't know. Um, but again, like my brother said, go out and fly in the big, beautiful sky together. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, we hope everybody has a good one and we will see you next time. Yes. Have a good one, everyone.